Today's devotion comes from John chapter 5, verses 31 through 47. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies on my behalf, and I know that his testimony to me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. Not that I accept such human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a testimony greater than John's, the works that the Father has given me to complete, the very works that I am doing, testify on my behalf that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his form, and you do not have his word abiding in you, because you do not believe him, him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Do you think that I will accuse you before the Father? Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? This is uh, a very interesting and in-depth argument that Jesus now wages against his opponents. So let's start at the beginning here of this reading with some explanations. For, uh, for a rabbinic interpretation, for Jesus to make this kind of statement to be valid, it needed to have two witnesses to authenticate the position or the interpretation. So if a, if a rabbi was going to make a new interpretation of scripture, he needed to have two witnesses, two testimonies that would authenticate his interpretation, for example. So as Jesus had set aside, uh, I'm sorry, so as Jesus has made his claim that he and his father are, are one, remember yesterday's devotion, united in being and in person, Jesus and the Father united. Um, let's take a quick look at that, verses 19 through 23 of John 5. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. The Father loves the Son and shows him all he does uh, and all he himself is doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be astonished. Indeed, just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whomever he wishes. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. 
Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The need for two witnesses was first practiced uh, from the, the law of Moses. And so as Jesus is making this claim that he and the Father are one, they are, in a sense, asking him, so where are your witnesses? Who are the testimonies? Who's going to authenticate this? And this came out of a, a scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 19, uh, verse 15. You must not convict anyone of a crime on the testimony of only one witness. The facts of the case must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And so the, the standard was to have two witnesses for your interpretation, two witnesses uh, for your defense in a crime, um, two witnesses. Um, it was uh, just a part of, of their Jewish law. It was also a part of the Greco-Roman legal system. So Jesus now begins, if I testify about myself, my testimony is untrue. So he's saying very clearly himself in verse 31 that he's not going to testify on his behalf because that would not be a truthful testimony. So what we can gather from this is that Jesus is not providing testimony on the authenticity of his being, a divine son, and his purpose, his message, the word, and he will provide two witnesses beside himself. He begins by saying that John the Baptist was a witness who testified about Jesus. We had that in verses 31 through 35. But, but Jesus does not accept human testimony, nor will he accept glory from human beings, which he says in verse 41. So he's not going to rely on human testimony. Therefore, his first witness is the works that his father has given him to do and to complete. The very works that he is doing, turning water into wine, cleansing the temple, raising the official's dead son, uh, making the lame man walk, teaching in the temple, all of these signs, miracles, um, and works are a part of his first witness. When Jesus heals by speaking the word of healing over a person, that ability, he says, has come from God. And that, that performance of that miracle itself or that sign itself then becomes evidence of the first testimony. Just as God created life and creates life, so does Jesus. So the second witness then that Jesus refers to is the scriptures in verses 37 through 40. And here he says, and the father who sent me has himself testified on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his form and you do not have his word abiding in you because you do not believe him whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life and it is that they testify on my behalf, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. One can think of the prophets that Jesus recalls and how they spoke of the coming Messiah. We don't have a specific 
scripture that Jesus quotes here, but more of a general allusion to um, the prophetic words that spoke of his coming. Jesus tells his opponents that you study the scriptures, and as you study the scriptures, you miss the point of the scriptures because the scripture's purpose is to testify. And because you refuse to come to me for life, you have rejected the testimony of the scriptures. So God is using the works of Jesus along with the word of God to authenticate Jesus's divine being and his purpose as Messiah. Whereas his opponents began by charging him with violating the Sabbath law, Jesus concludes in these final verses by charging them with rejecting the testimony, not only of God, but of Moses, and by rejecting the, the claims of Moses, the testimony of Moses, they are thus rejecting the very Messiah that God has sent that was promised through Moses. Again, a very complicated argument, but what we can garner from this is that we have two witnesses. We have the works that Jesus does himself, and we have the scriptures, the word of God. I pray that as you reflect upon our devotion today, that God will bless your reflection, and I pray that God will bless your day.